0: Well, holographic nano-layer technology doesn't come cheap, Carol. I think a lot of people are just assuming... They just
1: think... They, they, no one understands it. It's too complicated. It, people, it's too
0: complicated. People are assuming this is this. just a USB stick with a sticker on it. And, and it, it does so much more than that. Smashing Security, Episode 181. Anti-cyber crime ads, tricky tracing, and a 5G bio-shield with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security episode 181. My name's Graham Cluley.
1: And I'm Carol Terrio. And Carole, we are joined
0: this week by Naked Security's own Mark Stockley. Hello,
2: Mark.
1: Hi. I think Mark Stockley has a character beyond Naked Security.
2: I thought you were going to say it. it's Mark Stockley who happens to be naked and talking about security.
1: Well, well, well. Welcome to the world of post-COVID.
2: <laughs> it's a, It's very very warm today, in my defense. <laughs> and that's why
1: we do a podcast
2: and the not a The sun video is shining.
0: <laughs> and you're quite a hairy man, Mark. Um
1: and I <laughs> oh, He's meaty. Medi- he's medium hairy. I,
0: I I, I had to you. do a video call thing the other day, uh, which will end up on YouTube somewhere. And Did you take your shirt off. My no, but my <laughs> hair is getting quite <laughs> long and uncomfortable now, and I, I'm just wondering how Mark, who normally is extremely offensively her suit, um, <laughs> offensively um, uh, well, offensive?
1: well no, you're outrageous just because you're well, you
0: know baby skinned what? like a ten year old. <laughs> There's just a lot of it going on, and I just wonder how he's coping in all this heat.
2: Well, I'm not (laughs) very good at keeping cool at the best of times. You're Uh, sweating a lot, then. I I think I'm definitely on the sort of Neanderthal side of the the gene pool.
0: You said it. Carole, what's coming up on the show this week?
1: Thanks to this week's sponsors, Deep Instinct, Immersive Labs and LastPass. Their support help us give you this show for free. On today's show, Graham looks into how to stop kids from turning to a life of crime. Mark is looking into all the ways bad guys might hinder the UK's track and trace efforts. And I try to find out just what life-affirming frequencies and holographic nanolayer catalyzers are. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security.
0: Now, chums, chums, before all that, I want to talk to you about kids. What a complete pain in the ass kids are, right? Oh, they No, they are. I They're, what thought you were in a bad
1: mood this morning.
0: You're feeding them, you're clothing them, you're bathing them, you're cleaning them, you're entertaining them, you're educating them, you're teaching them how to use
2: Google Classroom. Mostly picking up shoes. I've noticed there's, yes. a, there's a tremendous amount of shoe picking up. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and then, after some
0: years an inordinate number of years. They become even less adorable. Suddenly they're playing Call of Duty. They're wearing baggy trousers. They've got baseball caps on sideways. They're smelling of Lord knows what and who knows what they're up to in their bedroom.
1: Just because you wore MC Hammer pants back in the day <laughs> doesn't mean that the kids of tomorrow are going to be doing that, okay? Is that, is Just, a you have to get with the times their Clue.
0: <laughs> now, computer crime cops in the United Kingdom are targeting young men aged 13 to 22 years old. Because apparently that's the sweet spot. You don't want to go younger than that. You don't want to go older than that. Definitely not any women. Teenage boys apparently are the problem. Specifically, the cops are hoping to make a dent in the number of teenage males who are investigating launching DDoS attacks and installing remote access Trojans and various shenanigans like that.
1: Okay, so let me just swap that sentence around. Basically, young men aged 13 and 22 are launching DDoS attacks and installing remote access Trojans.
0: Apparently so. And the computer crime cops are going after them. And according to the Fuzz, they say it all starts by playing games. You remember playing games? Remember video games?
1: I play video game. I've been playing Animal Crossing.
0: Animal Crossing, of course. Yes. Yeah. I should give you an update sometime. You're doing very well at that. Has Graham the hamster come to join your... No.
2: What, what, What is this? I don't know know Animal Crossing. No. I know the name. I have not yet had the pleasure of... Do you have a Nintendo Switch? Obviously not. I've got children. Why would I put them near a Nintendo Switch? (laughs) (laughs) Just start them on a life of DDoSing and rat installing. Well, it
0: all does start by playing games. I mean, obviously, we used to play games. I suspect most of us. Maybe some of us still are, but we used to play games as kids. I remember playing Pac-Man. And uh, Super Mario in those days, it wouldn't lead you into a life of crime, as police say it does now. Um, The worst that would happen in is, you know, maybe if you played I don't know, Mario, you might get into plumbing. So
1: what is the premise here? The premise here is you play games, (laughs) you are a teenage boy, therefore you're getting on the wrong side of the cyber world.
0: Let me explain how it works, Right? Please. Kids get really, really obsessed by games, and then they start wanting mods for the games and changing the games. Then they look for hacks, mods and modifications. Okay, just
1: try and and talk. lose the jargon. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) And then... They start falling into other things because you, you begin to suspect other people are sort of using aim bots against you. What bots? This is all lingo I've learned from my nine-year-old child. Okay, well, and- just
1: stop showing off. <laughs> just try and communicate with the rest of us so that we understand what you're saying.
0: Basically, there are people who are cheating in games, right? And they get bots and little bits of software and things like that to augment their powers inside the game or give sure. them a better a, a better ability to shoot you or whatever. Eventually, this culminates in gamers trying to take down other gamers by other means, such as denial of service attacks, such oh. as uh, SWATs, where right. they call up the cops and, uh, you know, they... they so the, the idea is get this.
1: them offline, so to disrupt their progress in the game. Yes,
0: all kinds right. of naughtiness, and you get rivalry. And you're oh, I can't believe you did that to me on Call of Duty or whatever. Elite sniper, you such and an asshole. <laughs> right, <laughs> eat your ass. And yeah. so, and this is often, apparently, according to the police, this is really commonly a way in which young people ultimately get into cybercrime. Who would have known? it? Now, according to research most of these kids don't really consider what they are doing to be wrong because all the other kids and their mates are doing it as well. Mm-hmm. And they certainly don't believe that they're going to get into any trouble. So how do police convince teenagers that they shouldn't launch these kind of attacks, which might eventually lead them down this path of you know more serious cybercrime?
2: Is it send them to their rooms? Well, no, that's the worst thing you can do, Mark. Don't send them to oh, their okay. rooms. Because that's, the, that's where the Bitcoin mining rig is. And, yeah. <laughs>
1: Graham, you say that they don't know they're doing anything illegal. I can't imagine there's any kid alive that doesn't think a DDOS is illegal. Really? Yeah. But maybe I'm, hey, I'm in an echo chamber. I learned that last week with my cousin on I, the show.
2: <laughs> I, I admire your faith in 13-year-old boys. Having been a 13-year-old boy, albeit a very long time ago, I can confirm that, you know, not the most together and, and you know, intelligent group.
1: Mm.
2: Certainly not when I was one.
0: And if everyone else is doing it, then you kind of think it isn't that bad. I remember being at school and all the boys in school, we were on a very rickety table, right? With rickety legs. And so the custom was that you would come in each day and you'd give the leg of the table a bit of a kick, right? Because it was quite entertaining to see how far it would go. And you'd think, wonder when This
2: is when tables were the height of technology you have to understand. <laughs> these, these newfangled tables- <laughs> that they got in this posh school that Graham went to,
0: <laughs> and, then, and so I was kicking the table. And then along, along comes Mister Selleck, Pinhead himself,
2: and I get hauled out. For, but Tom you know, Selleck? No, no, it
1: was. Oh, oh
0: god, it wasn't him. I'm afraid. But, so
2: uh, you had a teacher whose nickname was Pinhead.
0: Yes. Did you not I, have? one I of those? also
2: had a teacher whose nickname was Pinhead.
0: Oh, he probably went on to your place after ours. How peculiar. Maybe. Anyway, the point is, kids do bad things, Carol and even if they think they're
1: naughty they think they're never going to get caught and so it's kind of all right mm. to do it yeah, yeah no sorry i was thinking more in the 20 age group rather than 13 so fair point mm. but
2: also i do think that there's a sort of game like aspect to a bunch of this stuff anyway you know there's something sort of game like about okay you're you're doing something on a computer you're you're trying to overpower someone else on a computer in a game and then you, you find a way that you can actually take over their computer for real, or you can stop them being able to use their computer for real. I don't think it's a very big jump. I think there's a lot of similarities there. So I can kind of see how that happens.
0: Well, in the past, the police, what they've done is they've gone around and knocked on your door. If mm. they think that you've been up to no good or downloaded saying you shouldn't have, like a piece of malware, or if you've been to a DDoS stressor site or a booter site, they may well come around, hopefully with your parents present as well, to, to really... Put the fear of whatever into you. And they'll have a little word in your ear and say, look, we know what you've been doing. Knock it off, kiddo. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And hopefully stop them taking those first steps of a life in cybercrime. But now police are doing something different. Brian Krebs, security blogger, noted Mm -hmm. that the NCA, the National Crime Agency, has been busy buying Google ads. Google ads targeting teenage males in the UK who are looking for certain search terms to do with DDoS attacks, so things like booters and stressors. And what they're doing in these adverts is they're pointing people to articles that they have placed in online gaming magazines explaining that such things are illegal. So up pops one of them instead and sort of says to you, oh, you know, you'd be a very naughty boy.
1: So they're basically advertising. So the potential is sitting there just scrolling around on the web and keep seeing these ads. Well, they're 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 putting
0: the words into the search engine specifically to try and find DDoS attack services. Because many of these kids, at first at least, they're not going to create a botnet themselves. They're not going to- Of course not. Actually, they're not going to manage it, but they're going to find someone else who will do that for them for just a couple of dollars.
1: And then what? Pull out their- yeah, I was going to say pull out their credit card. Like, how do you pay that if you're 13? Or
0: cryptocurrency or such. Well, yeah, they
1: they all have Bitcoin accounts, right? Of course. Get with the beat. you right. You're right. Kids don't know that DDoSing is is illegal, but they all have crypto accounts. Yeah. Okay. Good. No, this is good.
0: My son's got a crypto wallet. I'm sure. I'm sure Mark he does. His children.
2: <laughs> My kids had a crypto wallet. I wouldn't tell them about it. <laughs> it's just there on the dark web, waiting for them. Now, the first thing which struck me was
0: what kids are using. Search engines with the ads enabled. Why aren't they blocking the ads? Because surely that's really irritating seeing ads in a search engine. I, I don't use search engines and see ads because I, I run a little ad blocker. So I was first of all surprised at that. Certainly if these people are slightly technical anyway, if they sort into computers, you would expect that. So I'm surprised from that point of view that these ads are actually being seen. But okay. apparently, and amazingly, this approach may actually work. The University of Cambridge Cybercrime Centre They say that a similar campaign, which ran in 2017 over six months from the NCA, caused a reduction in the growth in demand for DDoS attack services. I think they're a bit shady about it, but I think what the Cambridge Cybercrime Centre do is they have some dodgy sites which look like... DDoS booting websites, and they are measuring traffic to those sites and how many people try and sign up for them in an attempt to measure how big the problem's becoming. And that they have released reports over the years wow. of, of this growth in interest in these kind of sites.
1: Well, a lot of people are sitting at home right now, sitting in front of a computer, playing probably an inordinate amount of online gaming and are isolated and bored. Mm-hmm. And have YouTube as their best friend. So, oh yes,
0: these kids would normally be down the park with a hula hoop, wouldn't they? No, they'd be in go-karts. That's what they'd be doing, <laughs> kicking
1: a table leg. <laughs> yeah, exactly, doing really fun things.
2: <laughs> so, let me see if I have this correct. So, yes, uh, you 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 go around using the web, and as you go around using the web and, and looking for search terms. Google builds this enormous profile of you uh, so that it can do demographic marketing, including the ability to classify you as a 13-year-old child. Uh, And then as that 13-year-old child uses Google, they they do a Google search, and Google goes, ah, we know all about you. You're 13, and those people over there have bought some adverts, which they only want to target 13-year-old males. Uh, And Here's one that's going to stop you from doing DDoS attacks on people because you're going to read this article. Uh, Mm. But if they don't click on that one, they might click on another one, which takes them to a fake stressor site, which is essentially a phishing site, to count how many 13-year-old boys are doing DDoS. Yes. These are the tactics we're using in 2020. There is, of course,
0: another category of ad which may appear, because Google isn't just accepting ads from the police or the Cambridge Cybercrime Centre. They're also displaying ads which have been bought by criminals who are running booter and stressing sites. So they are competing. Because they, they also
2: want to target the 13 yes, to 18 of Yeah.
0: Well, Google's ad policies, they say they prohibit ads that enable dishonest behaviour or anything which might cause harm to users. But history has shown that they're not very good about vetting these things, especially when it comes to booter sites and DDoS attack sites and stressor sites.
2: Well, as long as they're not lying about what they are. <laughs> well...
0: Obviously, there are some things which hopefully they wouldn't accept ads for, but they will accept ads for these things, and it tends to rely upon the public to report these before they get taken down or for the press to make a great big stink about it. So Google's doing great out of all this, right? They're displaying ads from these guys, ads from those guys, ads from the researchers as well. Getting paid from both well, ends, yeah. Getting paid from everywhere. It reminds me a little bit about what goes on in Cloudflare as well, and lots of people love Cloudflare and think Cloudflare does a great job. But, of course, A lot of the cybercrime websites and some of things which are deeply, deeply disturbing are also protecting themselves using Cloudflare as well. And Cloudflare tends to turn a bit of a blind eye to these things, doesn't it?
1: That's very interesting. Cloudflare is going to come up again in this podcast. Oh, really? Yes.
0: Anyway, the ads apparently are working. They found that in less than 30 days, they had over 5 million impressions, more than 57 thousand clicks.
2: Five million impressions. What the hell does that mean? Well, that that means mean people scrolled people. past it. Well, perhaps, perhaps. 50- well, that's what they paid for. So yeah. that just shows you how much money they spent. That's that's not, a, not an indicator of anything.
0: You know what? You you old fuddy-duddies may have a problem with this, but I think if it does... No, I
2: understand online advertising. I want to know yeah. the numbers. If, okay, yeah, the exactly. impressions don't interest me at all. <laughs> exactly. The clicks don't really interest me. I want to know how many people read it and change their lives. Yeah. That's what interests me.
0: Well, <laughs> he- according to the boffins in cambridge they have seen a reduction in the number of people interested in launching ddos
1: attacks. oh maybe the ads are so boring <laughs> they just stop googling those words <laughs> i reckon i know what's
2: going on here i reckon people are so used to only clicking the first link in google that uh-huh. what's happened here is they've just essentially bought the first link so i mean it's an ad it's not the first link but it's the first thing you see and because they've just got the number they've spent a load of money so they've they've Crowded out that number one slot, and loads of people are just hitting that and nothing else, so they never go further. You're just very
0: cynical, all of
2: you, aren't you? I'm just trying to be a bit positive. There's a bloody pandemic
0: going on, you know. Just trying to cheer everybody up with some good. I news. do
2: actually. I do actually think this is great. I think this is the kind. of Oh, right. I'm, Twenty minutes am... into the podcast. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much,
0: Mark. What's your topic for us this week?
2: Right. Well, getting away from the pandemic, I thought we could talk a bit about the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, folks. (laughs) I've got a question for you. Yes. I want to know, uh, what is the English Test and Trace website address, please? Oh, for God's sake. Hands off keyboards. keyboards. I'm not
0: looking. From memory. It's something like nhs-tracing.com. P H E dot gov dot UK.
1: Okay, but I can, I can I counter question? Can you get to it from gov dot UK slash coronavirus? Oh, mm. that's a very good question. Which is the home although,
2: although your question is interesting, <laughs> it's not your my, my question was what is the English test and trace
1: website address? We don't know. We don't know.
2: So to be clear, this is the place that you're going to go <laughs> if you've got a positive test for COVID-19 so the government can find out who you've been in contact with. And the address is... So, Graham, drumroll, please. I was
0: close, wasn't I?
2: No. HTTPS colon slash slash contact-tracing.phe.gov.uk. And the reason I'm asking is because I am actually a little bit worried about scammers targeting the UK's freshly minted track-and-trace systems. And I I think I've good reason to be worried. So since the start of the coronavirus, there has been an enormous surge in scams and malware piggybacking off the back of all the disruption and the uncertainty and the fear that has come
1: with this unsurprisingly, I might argue, from my being a veteran of the industry. I mean, it's a worldwide yeah. global event. Everyone's thinking and wanting to know more about this. So we're all easy targets right now. On this, it's, it's
2: disruption and change, isn't it? You know, like whole businesses are moving from office buildings to working from home and there's all this new infrastructure to set up and there's a load of, you know, some people are doing it in a hurry and there are vulnerabilities that come with that. Um, I did a quick review of the stats from Sophos Labs before I came on just to give you a flavor of what's happening. So since the start of the outbreak, we have seen coronavirus themed sextortion scams. So those scams that say oh, we've got video of you enjoying yourself at, at adult websites. Zooming. <laughs> Zoom, yeah. We've seen uh, World Health Organization fundraising scams. There's been a surge in spam including at the beginning there was a coronavirus themed email spreading trick bot and if you know anything about malware trick bot is probably in your top 3 things you don't want to get on your computer. Mm-hmm. There have been scams offering to sell you PPE and thousands and thousands and thousands of domains and SSL certificates with the words COVID, corona or coronavirus in them.
1: Is there anything with track and tracing in it yet? Oh, it's a good question. I don't know. I would love to know the answer to that.
2: I certainly know Richard DeVere,
0: who is also known as the anti-social engineer. He registered the domain name phe governoruk when he saw the official test and trace website and he was amazed that someone in a position of power hadn't already registered that domain so he's demonstrated just how easy it would be to create a phishing website but but the
2: thing is and obviously the reason i asked you what the address was at the beginning is that you neither of you got really any idea so it's Mm. registering a misspelling allows you to be very clever but you probably don't even need to get close and i think the evidence of phishing scams even now, is that you you can host a phishing scam on somebody else's website with a totally incongruous domain. People will still click on it.
1: We should probably explain exactly how it works because we have an international audience mark.
2: So what's happened in England in the last week is that the manual track and trace system has started. And the manual track and trace system does not rely on an app. There are 25,000 contact tracers now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anyone in England with coronavirus symptoms can now get a test, basically. And if your test is positive, then you'll get contacted by text, email or phone and asked to log into the NHS test and trace website that you don't know the URL for. So you should expect an email. If you have a test, you should expect an email with a link to a website that you don't know telling you you know there is a matter of utmost importance that you need to deal with and if that script sounds familiar to you then that just means like me you've seen lots of phishing scams when you go to that website you can expect to be asked for the following PII you'll be asked for your name date of birth and postcode who you live with the places you visited recently and the names and contact details of people you've been in close contact with in the 48 hours before your symptoms started. Now, I did a little back of the envelope calculation. So, this is the first part of the system. Yeah. This is what happens if you have a test. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, the UK is currently conducting around, I think it's upwards of 120,000 tests a day. And there's about 50 million adults in the UK. So, let's say there's 700,000 tests a week. If you sent an email to any random UK adult, that gives you roughly one in 70 chance of hitting someone who's had a coronavirus test in the last week. But.
0: It's not just those people who've taken a test who are at risk here, is it? Because, of course, the other thing which these tracers will be doing is there'll be contacts and other people saying, we think you may have come into contact with someone who had the symptoms or who has tested positive.
2: So let's walk through that, okay? because you're right. So part one is if you have a test, there's an opportunity where, you know, you're going to be contacted. But part two could target anyone. Mm. So, Graham, let's say that you're feeling under the weather and you go and get a test, okay? Which sadly turns out to be positive. Oh, and you go to the you go to the correct website, and you enter your details. And one of the person's details that you enter is corrupt. Now, so <laughs> because so, we Carol, had contact
0: for the podcast,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm afraid you're infected as well, Mark.
2: Well, you know, let's. Uh, <laughs> is it because I'm naked? <laughs> um, so, Carol you're, you're going to be contacted now by the contact tracing team. Yes. And unless you've spoken to Graham, you don't know that that's going to happen. Mm. Right. So instead of there being 700,000 potential scam victims, there are 50 million potential scam victims yeah. in the UK because
1: anybody can be expected to be contacted out of the blue at any time. This would annoy me already because I would want Graham to call me, right? Graham gets the disease. We've seen each other. I want him to call me up and go, hey, dude. Yeah, sorry. Right? I don't want him to give my personal information to a third party.
0: Yeah, but I'm very forgetful, Carol. And yep. it's just a, a lot
2: of hassle, you know, calling everybody up and telling Instead them. a group email. <laughs> so, so, Carol, do you think it's out of the question that mm. if Graham had a serious communicable disease that he might
1: not phone you no I don't I think it's very unlikely that he would not phone me even just to show off or to get sympathy <laughs> right? okay. Yeah, no he definitely okay. definitely call there is no way he wouldn't call but hey maybe he didn't see me maybe he saw some lady down at the supermarket right. who he happened to bump into who has no idea who is what her name Brenda. is Brenda well is it tell us about Brenda Graham <laughs>
0: I'm really confused now
2: (laughs) so to go back to my thought experiment let's imagine for a second that that Graham doesn't tell you because he's a gregarious guy he's met loads of people in the last few weeks oh yeah I'm out and about having so much fun right now too many for him to remember uh, and to call so you get a call from the contact tracing team Mm mm-hmm And you'll know that it's from the contact tracing team and not a scammer because it will come from England's official contact tracing number. So for the benefit of your listeners, could you just tell us all what that number is?
1: Well, I know that the number would be 0300. But I also know that that number can be uh, spoofed, so it can. Is it just O
2: three hundred, or is there more? No, points?
1: it's O three hundred. Blah 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 blah. Oh
2: yeah, details details. <laughs> it right.
1: Maybe it spells coronavirus. That would be very clever,
2: but you know. So yeah. I just I just like to point out it's a zero
1: at the beginning as well. this is one of my pet peeves. O three hundred. Zero three hundred. Yeah. Well, sorry, it's not your podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, Mark. Let's talk about that. <laughs> So the number is zero three hundred zero one three five zero zero zero. Now, tracers will only be calling you from that number, right. and they won't use any other numbers, which is better than using lots of different ones. Yes. But obviously, unfortunately, they may not be the only people calling you from that number because, as you correctly said, Carol, mm. spoofing of phone numbers is actually a matter of routine for scammers. Mm-hmm. And even if it weren't, you aren't going to remember that number None of us are going to remember that number, so it probably doesn't matter anyway.
1: Yeah, because we know that now, phone calls can be spoofed, emails can yeah, be yeah.
2: spoofed, SMSs can be spoofed. So, now luckily, there is another line of defence.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: As a recent government press conference, Dr. Jenny Harrys, OBE, who is the Deputy Chief Medical Officer for so England,
1: snide. <laughs>
2: reassured <laughs> yes. us that it will be very evident when somebody <laughs> rings you that these are professional individuals. So she's saying the
0: le- the legitimate people calling you up, the people who are genuine testers and tracers, yeah. they will sound very professional. And because of that, you will be able to tell that they are not a scammer. Yeah. Wow.
1: Now, that's great. <gasps> okay, but I, I obviously so is that she was not briefed for that question. She had no idea how to handle it. And I kind of feel bad for her because she is being ripped to shreds well, I, about I, it. And she's I, a I medical officer.
0: I she's I the deputy medical officer of God knows what, though, Carol. She's quite high up. If you don't know the answer to that, you should say, no, I don't know the answer, but there, there's some real boffins I do agree. at NCSC who can maybe answer that question.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's not wrong. Great that they're going to sound professional. It'd be quite bad if they weren't going to sound professional. But I, I think what we're all getting at is that there are two fairly sizable assumptions at work there. And the first one is that people will know what the contact tracers are supposed to sound like. Yeah. It only matters if they sound professional, if you know what they're supposed to sound like. If you get called out of the blue by someone who isn't a contact tracer... You aren't going to know what they're supposed to sound like. Don't worry, the
1: Daily Mail actually published the entire uh, form that the contact tracer con- people are going to use when they call you. Oh, that's great. So that's now in the public domain. So thank you so much, Daily Mail. So that'll make it even more, you know, <laughs> likely to uh, <laughs> fool people. Now, I have a scenario for you, Mark. It's quick, but it, I was thinking about this morning. Okay. Right? So yep. uh, let, let's use the Graham and Crawl uh, scenario here, mm-hmm. right? hmm I don't have the virus. Graham and I are going for the same job, say at a company X. Yeah. I don't want Graham to get the job, so I report on the form that I've had been tested. It's positive, and these are the people I've been around. So he gets a legitimate call. Oh, right. From a trace worker who's doing her job or his job, and you're told, "I'm sorry, you can't go out because you saw someone." And they go, and you go, "Who? Well, who? I can't tell you that." Where? I can't tell you that.
0: Certainly, there are opportunities for abuse here, aren't there? Yeah, I'm just mischief yeah, yeah. making. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just scammers and fishers, but also if you wanted to get your own back against someone, if you had a rival on the podcast, something like that. Yeah, this would like, be an yeah. opportunity, an avenue for doing it.
1: Do you know what I think though? Like, what, so what are people to do? Right. So what are people to do under the current situation? The only thing I came up with when I was thinking about this is yeah. recording the call. So, and, and telling them that you want to record it. So saying, you know, thank you for calling me. Um, before you say anything, I just like to make sure I've got this all on record so I can share it with my close <laughs> ones. Um, so I'm going to be recording this call. And going presumably to do that. A, a trace, well, me.
0: Okay, but I think you're a very well, special person. Well, maybe everyone
1: who's listened to the podcast with, you know, a like mind like me. <laughs> there are many.
0: I think what they need is a jingle, a jingle for the number. So I think let's all join in. O three zero 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 one three five zero zero zero. Sorry, I did O's, didn't I? You probably didn't I'm, like that. I'm not part.
2: joining in in your jingle unless that's a zero at the beginning. And not a an no. It's not an O, it's a zero, it's a number.
0: Crow, what's your story for us this week?
1: Okay. Six months ago the UK's Glastonbury Town Council Mm -hmm. set up a 5G advisory committee to explore the safety of this 5G technology. Surprised me. Like, really? Glastonbury set that up? Like, you wouldn't trust a national one? But whatever, they do. And last month, the local paper reported their findings. Mm -hmm. And the gist is they've agreed to oppose the rollout of 5G until further information is made available, on the safety or otherwise of the technology. And mm. many respected media houses have said that the following statement is in this recommended measures report of which there's a link, but I can't access it. But if anyone wants to, it's on page 31. And apparently it's listed that 5G Bioshield, we use this device and find it helpful. 5G Bioshield? Sorry? Yeah. 5G Bioshield. Use this device and and find it helpful as a recommended measures report from the committee so in about, One of the time boys, Mark.
2: <laughs> when, when they're
1: talking about the,
2: the safety of five G, do they, they presumably they mean the danger of you being burned by a by a flaming five G mask?
1: Mark, I'm worried that you're getting a bit grizzled and grumpy in your. Uh...
0: Sorry, sorry. I'll just let you. You, you may. You need to chill out. I bet the committee in Glastonbury, it's going to be made up of like druids and people who <laughs> never quite got out of the seventies, isn't it? <laughs> Wearing wellies. Okay.
1: So I, so reading that, I'm thinking, what is 5G BioShield? Right. So you go to the main website. Right, yeah. Okay. So I, I would invite you guys to go to this website, actually, if you would, 5G BioShield. Oh, 5G Bioshield. And look at who <laughs> clears you through to the website as you go through,
0: Graham. It's, uh, it's not HTTPS. First of all, it's it's okay. So it's our friends at Cloudflare. Yeah, and we are here. And there's a big picture of a lion and a USB stick and a, a young woman, uh, in some sort of oh, she's like in a version of the Eden project. She's she's got some sort of a magical bubble around her, protecting her.
1: Oh, here it is. Right. So let's read this: the five G Bio Shield USB key with the nano layer is a quantum holographic catalyzer technology (laughs) for the balance and harmonization of the harmful effects of imbalanced electric radiation.
0: I can't stand it when electric radiation is imbalanced. Oh, I'm
2: sold. I can get three of them for £800.
1: You can get three of them for £800. It's a USB key.
2: It's a USB lift.
1: key. Is what, so what it says, its advertising model here is 5G bio Sheet, which is the name, mm. USB key, mm. right? But then there's all this gobbledygook, like this, what's this text say? What does this mean? The active key operating diameter shields and harmonizes a complete family home. So there's an FAQ. Mm-hmm. And you go to the FAQ hoping for a bit more information. Like, what is it? Why am I paying three hundred quid for a USB? How big is the USB? Well, it's so much
0: more. I think this inducts life forces, doesn't it? it creates a <laughs> cardiac coherence. Sorry, Crow, do you not understand about plasmic support no, and interaction? No, no, I don't understand.
1: <laughs> Help me understand. What, what it is,
2: right? Is it's 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 not a regular <sighs> nano layer catalyser.
0: No, no, okay. no.
2: It's it's a holographic <laughs> nano layer and it, it can be worn or placed. Uh, Nature's smartphone.
1: Do you know there are probably a number of people that listen to this show that actually think we are not talking any differently from we the way we normally do because <laughs> we all use industry gar- jargon.
0: The point is, a- this is going to cr- protect you from five G, right?
1: Well, how do where where does it say that anywhere?
0: Oh, well, it says provides protection for your home and family against what. Uh, well, Is it scammers? You wear it or place it near a smartphone or other electrical radiation or EMF emitting device.
1: So then I check out the testimonials page. Oh, yeah. right. And Dr. D, finally, some medical credibility. Dr. D claims to be a medical doctor and says, they (laughs) put one USB device under my pillow, expecting nothing to happen. But later, Dr. D reported feeling a strange tingling uh, feeling. I suspect the USB device has in some way normalized my energy to be as it should and not negative or harmful. So (laughs) all this is going on. And then who do we see swagger in but Pentest Partners? This is a company that performs security assessment. They saw this 5G BioShield recommendation from the Glassbury City Council, how God knows, and decided to take a look at it. And uh, so they ordered one. And it comes in a little velvet bag. Nice. And inside you have, it's very special, a USB-sick. <laughs> Um, But the USB stick has this kind of shiny, circly bit about the size of a dime or a 5P coin, and it has this intricate design on it. The pen test people said it looked a bit like George and the Dragon from the reverse of a metal. This is the
0: emblem you're describing, which is on it. Yeah, the
1: emblem on the actual USB. Anyway, they ripped through the USB. They found it to be basically a generic USB without any additional anything that should cost an estimated few quid. Mm -hmm. but it has a pretty sticker and they write whether or not the sticker provides 300 pounds worth of quantum holographic catalyzer technology will leave you to decide
2: i can't believe they didn't test that
1: (laughs) they probably don't have the tech it's so advanced (laughs) so so then i'm like who is behind all this like who is who's you know where is this registered what company is this what company what country so uh in company's house, there are two directors of mm. BioShield distribution. So both of them appear to have been involved previously in a business called Immortalis, which sold dietary supplements called Clotho Formula. So already a bit dodgy. And oh. um one of them told the BBC that her company was the sole global distributor of the 5G BioShield, but did not manufacture or own the product. So the UK operation... As in getting their hands, they're just a distributor, they're saying. But when uh, Rory, uh, Kathleen Jones from the BBC, asked her if selling a five-pound product for much more than 300 pounds was unreasonable, um, she said, quote, In regard to the cost analysis your research has produced, I believe that the lack of in-depth information will not drive you to the exact computation of our expenses and product costs, including the cost of the IP, intellectual property rights, and yeah. so on. <laughs>
0: Well, holographic nano layer technology doesn't come cheap, Corolla. I think a lot of people are just assuming... They just
1: think... They, they, no one understands it's too complicated. It, people, it's too complicated. People are
0: assuming this is this, just a USB stick with a sticker on it. And and it, it does so much more than that.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> the uh, London Trading Standards told the BBC that we consider this to be a scam. This is Stephen Knight of the London Trading Standards. And his team is working with the City of London Police Action Fraud Squad to crack down this, uh, you know, this scammy, scummy scam. But I decided to go check out Trustpilot, right? Okay, yeah. And on Trustpilot, it's quite fun at the moment, because people are kind of ripping through it, you know, basically being very snide about the whole thing being a complete pile of garbage. Right. But I went back to the first Trustpilot review of it to find out when that would have been, like <laughs> when it'd all go to market. And the first one there is 29th of March. And the guy says total scam reported to action fraud contains a USB solid disk component worth a dollar from China. They have even created many fake review websites. So he's, you know, the only thing which protects you from high frequency EFM radiation is a Faraday cage. Don't be scammed. So that's the first message in the trust pilots. Right. Um, and yet, uh, are people buying this?
0: Well, we've know. just well, have published... You? Have are, you got one? Are they sponsoring the one? show this I've, show? I've
1: ordered three on the company, on, on Smashing <laughs> Security, because we want to check this stuff out. And you know what? And you know what? If anyone out there wants it to spend premium dollar for a, you know, $5 USB with a shiny sticker, this is the place nice. to
0: go. If you listen to our show regularly, you'll know that hackers never stop innovating. Immersive Labs gives security professionals practical and gamified content to keep pace with the latest threats. Sign up to get instant access to more than 24 hours of free labs and a new lab to try out each week. Latest being their red and blue team labs on the salt stack vulnerabilities which were in the news last week. Go check it out at immersivelabs.com slash smashing.
1: Are you having trouble remembering your plethora of passwords? Maybe it's time you look to get a password manager. LastPass by LogMeIn is a password manager both for consumers and the enterprise. In a company, you get extras like central admin oversight, controlled shared access, automated user management, and everything is protected with multi-factor authentication. Learn more at LastPass.com forward slash smashing. Oh, and if you're a home user, LastPass is available for free. So check it out. LastPass.com forward slash smashing.
0: Most people agree that the most effective way to reduce the cost of an attack is to prevent it from happening in the first place. Deep Instinct strives to prevent all known and unknown threats using deep learning. Making detection and response automated, fast, and effective for any threat that cannot be prevented. Check out a report by the Poneman Institute, which studied the cost savings of adopting an efficient prevention model. Go grab it at smashingsecurity.com/deepinstinct. And thanks to Deep Instinct for sponsoring the podcast.
1: Back to the show,
0: and welcome back. And you join us on our favorite part of the show—the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week.
1: Pick of the Week.
0: Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related, necessarily.
1: Better not be. Well,
0: my Pick of the Week is not security-related. I wonder if either of you, Mark and Kroll, have noticed anything different about me today.
1: Don't sound as bubbly as normal.
0: I don't sound as... Bu-
2: <laughs> not quite. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm doing? Do you hear? Moing. Boing,
0: is your boing. is your
2: holographic nano layer um, slightly more bioharmonized than normal?
0: <laughs> no, well possibly about a, via a different means. I am on a different chair. I am on a chair called the swapper chair or the swapper stool, which comes from Germany. And it means I am bouncing around like Zebedee from the magic roundabout. I'm going over here. Let me go over here. Here I am. I'm going back over here now. Going here, left and right. So you're, you're loving it. I hurt my back the other day doing uh, something or other. doesn't matter. And uh, I was going, kind of, oh, oh, gee. wah, ooh, ooh. And I thought, I'm going to have to change my chair. And I need to have, I need a little bit more motion rather than being sat at my desk. I do have a standing desk, but sometimes I want to sit. But I still need to be moving a bit more. This thing, it's a bit like sitting on an exercise ball. But, of course, if I was sat on an exercise ball, the exercise ball would go to the other end of the room. And I'd fall down on my butt and I'd hurt myself. Not so with the swapper chair, which looks a bit like a toadstool and it moves in all kinds of directions and is on a great big spring. <laughs> and that's it. That is my <laughs> pick
2: of the week. Graham on his toadstool. Have you got a fishing rod? <laughs> Mark, what's your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week is a book called The Knowledge, How to Rebuild Our World from Scratch by Ooh, Lewis Dartman. A comedy? <laughs> this will tell. This will tell you exactly where I'm at at the moment. So, obviously, we're we're just coming out of lockdown at the moment, but it turns out that I've been I'm in not. lockdown for years. Um, and I, 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 this is this is where my head has been. So, it's a fantastic book. I've been listening
1: to this on uh, as a, as an audio book. Mm. Experiencing—that's what my brother and I call it. <laughs> Experiencing the book.
0: It sounds so much more impressive if you claim to have read the book.
1: And now I. I'm a
0: little bit disappointed. I know. In
1: experiencing you, Mark. is the right word. <laughs> well, because I'm
2: letting someone else read it.
0: He knows how to read. My son, my son, <laughs> my son lets me read books to him as well, and I don't actually <laughs> consider that the same as him well, reading I'll, the books.
2: All I can say, Graham, is that not only have you not read this book, but you haven't had the pleasure of having this book read to you. Because I don't know who the guy doing the audiobook is, but he is amazing. He's got the most fantastic dramatic voice the guy who wrote the book decided to try and answer the question what knowledge would you need in order to reboot society because lots huh. and lots of lots and lots of us walking around now we you don't know what it takes to do the things that you no. use. nobody could build an iphone from scratch nobody knows enough to build an iphone nobody knows enough to build a laptop and tr- interestingly uh, he references a paper that was written in the 50s where somebody tried to trace all of the elements that go into making a pencil. Yeah. Just a pencil, bit of wood with a bit of graphite down the middle. And that that no one person on the planet knows enough of the process to simply make a pencil, never mind all Mm. the things that we have invented since. And so it's this kind of unraveling of, from basic principles, these are the things you need to know. This is the science you need to know. If you know this, then you can learn this. If you or know this, no Mark. Then
1: you can learn. Right? <laughs> just no Mark. Sorry, what? Which I do. Well, you're reading it oh, yes. or experiencing it. I Absolutely. know you. yes. And as long as I can get to your house by foot, which I probably could, wouldn't be that, you know, I'd be there in a few mark, hours. I've got I've got a very quick
0: question for you. Is it an interesting book?
2: Oh, it's fascinating. I'll tell you why it's interesting. I'll tell you why it's interesting. Because it's not just the knowledge you need to know. It's also a bit of a history book on how did we acquire that knowledge in the first place? Right. Because some of what you need to do is to trace the steps of the past. But it turns out that some of the things that we learned in the past, we didn't need to learn in the order that we did. And there are there are big gaps, for example. So we had all the technology we needed to invent photography several hundred years before we invented it. Right. Knowing how technology could unravel uh, and comparing it to how it did unravel is... Is fascinating in itself. So it's full of useful stuff. It makes you want to go and do things. Makes you want to go and build fires and learn metallurgy and do some amateur. It's got me doing. Uh, we're homeschooling at the moment, and I've I've been we're doing batteries with the kids. We've been turning limes and potatoes into batteries. Cool. Uh, because I did that this. one as a
1: kid. Yeah.
2: So yes, it's a fantastic read, and also it does equip you with all the knowledge you need uh, for building society from scratch, which seems like a
1: useful thing to know.
0: Well, you suddenly make it sound interesting. Carole, what's your pick of the week?
1: Okay. It's a story. Mm. Two men have been hired to carry out a client's fantasy, sex fantasy. So mm. if there's kids, tell them to go away. Of being tied up in his underwear and stroked with a broom. Stro- <laughs> so, okay, let's, we're just going to stop there.
0: Stro- stro- stroked with a broom. Can I ask which end? <laughs> <laughs> because that would be a different kind of fantasy.
1: Otherwise it would be a poll. Of course it has to be the fluffy end.
2: I have a follow-up question. Carol, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Carol. Uh, the role play was arranged over Facebook, okay, by a man near Griffith, New South Wales, uh, who so provided cool. his address to this duo, right? This hired pair. And he was willing to pay 5000 Australian dollars if it was really good, quote unquote. <laughs> okay. Five, how much is that in real money? That's it's about 2,500 quid.
0: My goodness, to be stroked yeah. by a broom by some strangers. Yeah. Okay. Well, well they I... had
1: to make a, a dramatic entrance. You know, they had okay. to make it really good. So the guys, you know, the two guys thought about it and figured out how to do it. But meanwhile, right. our man, our, our, our uh, what do we call him, client, yes. moved house. <laughs> and and forgot to tell the hired people. I mean, he probably did it when he was drunk or something. Forgot he even ordered it. Um, so, forgot Which all does about happen.
0: it. We've all been there. We've all done that when
1: drunk. <laughs> no, 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 I haven't. That's why this my pick of the week because I was just Joshua. So, uh, so there's a new guy living there, and he's in bed, fully equipped with his sleep apnea mask. Oh. And uh, he wakes up and he sees a light on in the kitchen. He thinks, oh, that's my buddy. He comes in at six o'clock in the morning to make coffee sometimes. And then he hears a weird noise. It sounds like someone's names. So he kind of gets up you know, from his bed, puts his light on, starts taking off his mask. And there's two guys with machetes what? standing over his bed. And he freaks out, and after a bit of talking, it turns out that perhaps he isn't the client. He wouldn't know the safe word.
0: No. I imagine the safe word in Australia is, bloody it, crikey, mate, what you doing here?
1: (laughs) With a broom. Never mind the broom. I didn't see any. I was reading about this story, and I was and I kept waiting for someone to talk about the broom. No one talks about the broom. Everyone's concerned about the machetes. I'm just like, where's the broom? How did they get from broom to machete? No idea. But it is it is a staggeringly uh, shocking entrance to make. I suppose machetes are like a
0: broom, but they've just replaced the broom head with an axe. But the other Graham, end, Graham,
1: would is- you
2: rather be stroked by a broom <laughs> or a machete? Yeah. In what way is well, a broom I, 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 like no, a machete? Well,
1: well, think about it. There's lots of different types of brooms. The you handle. have your hard bristle, outdoor cement broom. Yeah, the ones with great big stainless steel blades on the end. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> when the pair realised their error, one of them said, sorry, mate, shook the resident's hand and... Uh, sorry, mate. You can't shake hands. There's a bloody pandemic going on. (laughs) They then uh, drove to the correct address where the client noticed that one of the men had a great big knife in his trousers and he asked him to leave the weapons in the car. The client then cooks them breakfast and that's how the police find them. Machetes in the car, sitting around the table, eating eating breakfast with the initial client. The, ju- the judge ruled that evidence did not suggest the men's actions were intentional and said, no problem. The machetes were either a prop or something to be used in a fantasy. It was unscripted. There was no discretion as to how it should be carried out. So there you go. So the first
0: victim, he called the police. That's why the police came and got them.
1: Yeah. He? Well, you would, do you think? After they said, sorry, mate, would that be enough for you? that's well, what's right.
2: happen. And they said, what's going on here? And then the first thing they could think of was the story you've just told.
1: <laughs> so it was a commercial agreement to tie up and stroke a semi-naked man in his underpants with, with a, a broom. broom. Okay, that was all it was. That is
2: amazing. That is a, I hope that's the whole podcast. I just cut my bit and Graham's bit just... <laughs>
1: it's a you beautiful it, story really it's sorry. all over the press bbc have done a quite a cute little one of it so i'll put a few links in the show notes that's a fantastic oh. pick of the week thank you very much i got it from uh, an interesting human being someone who's into this kind of stuff <laughs> oh, really? wow. well that just
0: about wraps it up for this week mark i'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online what's the best way
2: for folks to do that uh I am on Instagram these days under... Pokemon with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> under Internet of Hens. If you like bees and chickens and uh, other things that might help you <laughs> <laughs> after the collapse of society, then follow me on Instagram at Internet of Hens.
0: And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity, no G, Twitter wouldn't last to have a G, and you can also join the Smashing Security subreddit up on Reddit. And don't forget... If you want to be sure never to miss another episode, subscribe in your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts,
1: Spotify, or Pocket Casts. I'm really glad you don't sing subscribe like some people do, like, subscribe. A massive thank you for listening and supporting us, people. It does mean everything. Also, big thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsors, Deep Instinct, Immersive Labs, and LastPass. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Check out smashingsecurity.com for our past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch with us. Until next time,
0: cheerio! Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye. So he asked for a broom, and they got brought machetes. They brought machetes. Ask for a broom, get machetes. Maybe it's an accent thing
0: how garbled does the australian accent
1: have to be <laughs> hey you can't do it you can't do it maybe there's a, like a kind of australian version of cockney snying that has broom rhyme with machete
0: you remember in crocodile dundee where paul hogan says call that a knife <laughs> oh
1: yeah maybe they were doing that maybe Ma- he doesn't maybe have a they were doing broom. that maybe they were dressed like, like call
0: crocodile that a dundee. broom let me stroke you with this baby here